This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Blaine Fowler. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's great to have you. It's Thursday, February 25th. It's a ball night. Let's go. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with the man who... Tried to win one of our basketball fan packs, but unfortunately was ineligible. Blaine Fowler. I did try, but, I mean, people are sharp here. I tried aliases, fake names. I had my <laughs> wife uh, try to, to get yep. into the contest, yep. but they caught me at every single door as I tried to get in, so I'm not one of the winners. Yeah, and uh, you're ineligible anyway, so yeah, that's why. So. But we do have five winners. We've been running this for, what, uh, two weeks or so? So if you're watching and you want to know who the winners are, here they are. Congratulations, five uh, BYU basketball fan packs. Bruce Cook, Matt Finlayson, Michael Crossley, Jordan Piacenti, hopefully I got that right, or Senti, and Brett Ballard. Congratulations, you guys win the basketball fan packs. We will be reaching out to you uh, for contact info. Well, we have your contact information. We'll get you the stuff, so congratulations. That's pretty it, cool. You know what, I teased it because I, I knew I couldn't do it, but that, that's a pretty cool award. That's it like is. pretty cool stuff. And what we showed on the screen, we have like, 15 more items. <laughs> like, yeah, we have way more stuff than it's, we promised. It's awesome. That's pretty cool. So Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. And over, like, 14,000 entries. So, uh, nice job, everybody. We'll have more of those, uh, you know, later in the year. Don't worry. Here's the show lineup. It's a ball night, as mentioned, with fans. Hey, that's great. We'll talk about what this week means, as well as chat with Ken Pomeroy about the new West Coast Conference adjusted win percentage means, why it was released so late, what went into it, uh, where BYU stands uh, in it if BYU happens to lose this week. BYU men and women's cross country wins the league again. Blaine's old neighbor and NCAA champion Olympian Ed Eystone joins the program. He won't be as breathless as Blaine was when jogging with Ed at times. Plus, <laughs> do we believe realignment and or college football expansion will happen at all in the future, let alone include BYU? We will discuss. But first, today's headlines. BYU hosts San Francisco, 9 p.m. Eastern tonight on CBS Sports Network. First meeting, remember BYU on the road on the hilltop, prevailed 72-63. Cougs have won eight of their last ten, and they're on a roll. San Francisco looks to snap a four-game losing streak. And like you said, the biggest I think the biggest news is BYU's going to have some fans in the it. Marriott Center tonight. I love it. Also, women's hoops game tonight um, at 9 p.m. Eastern. A Cougs 16-3, Santa Clara 13-9. That's on the WCC Network. Yeah, big game for both, right? Yeah, to big, big maintain game. staying in the bracket and whatnot. Mel Kuyper's newest NFL mock draft is out. He has the Falcons trading up to the second pick. He finally embraced the trade that mm-hmm. Todd McShay has been calling for. Hey, you got you got to forecast trades potentially. Taking Zach Wilson. Kuyper calls Wilson, quote, the ideal option, end quote, for Atlanta to reboot. Well, and yeah, they don't need to rebuild. They need to reboot. And, I, man, I would love that. I, th- I think Zach, that's it. For Zach's sake, I would love that. I think that's... I, I, now, there, there are trade possibilities being discussed today with Russell Wilson from the Seahawks, which yeah. I'm not in a good mental place right now with I know. that. But it, one of them is folks, with the Jets Jer- Jerem came and the in second here. pick I was like, Zach Wilson. I was is, like, hey, buddy, why the long face? And he's just like... Did you hear about Russell Wilson? And I, and I did hear about Russell Wilson. I'm smiling to keep from crying. I know. It's okay. But <laughs> but I'm telling you, Atlanta would be a great place. Better than the Jets. And I grew up in New York. And I think nobody should go to the Jets. So 
There's little, that. Little Ithaca action. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather have him be with the Giants than the Jets. Anyhow, it's the Giants. <laughs> guys, so, hey, how about that uh, men's cross-country, men's and hey, women's cross-country teams? Just doing what they always do. Men's cross-country wins the WCC title. Connor Mance first. Casey Klingler third. Brandon, uh, is it Garnica? Or Garnick. Garnica? Brandon is fifth. I'm not exactly We're gonna sure. Ask I know he, he's so fast, we don't know his last He's so name. fast, but when Ed gets on, we'll ask him. So that's back to back to back. What, like dot, dot, dot. Like five. It, it's it's amazing. You get it. The Cougs uh, country, uh, cross-country team is a dynasty. So great job this weekend. And the women won as well. Congratulations. That's a fantastic. Number 12, women's volleyball bounces back from being swept yesterday to winning dramatically in five sets. 15-13. That's extra overtime as close a match as you can play, giving Pepperdine its first loss of the season, by the way. Sophomore setter Whitney Bauer had a heck of a match. 46 assists, 26 digs, 8 kills, hit over 700, 3 aces, 4 blocks. Incredible. It's the first time a BYU player in the rally era from 01 to now has had at least 4 kills, 10 assists, 16 digs, 2 aces, and 3 blocks. That is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's craziness. And, like, to put it in context, those of you who don't watch volleyball, that's like... That's a triple-double on steroids, right, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's crazy. It's like getting 20-20 in 15. The variety to, of things yeah, she did. To do all that she did in that game, remarkable. Congratulations. That's just that's craziness. So, uh, On the other side, men's volleyball. They play tonight at Grand Canyon um, down in Phoenix, Arizona, 8 p.m. It's another top-10 matchup for the Cougs down in Phoenix. Grand Canyon took them to five sets in Provo last week, so this will be a fun one. It was very tight in the first match as well. And baseball loses 3-1 at number 19, Texas. Uh, Taste Mill couldn't make the trip, we heard. Easton Walker <laughs> was awesome going seven and a third. Only gave up one run. Game two today, 2 Eastern on BYU Radio 107.9 FM, BYU Cougars app. Moved up due to weather. Softball starts the Wildcat Invitational today. Seattle at 11 Eastern, number three Arizona at 5 Eastern. So good luck to everybody in competition. Man, there's a lot of teams going on. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Men's Hoop sitting pretty at 17-5 and five right now, 8-3 in the WCC, in position for a two-seed in next week's WCC tournament in Vegas, although BYU as a two wouldn't play until the next Monday. Right. Cougars projected anywhere from a 7-8-9, depending on who you ask, in the NCAA tournament. So, Blaine, do these final two games against San Francisco and St. Mary's of the regular season matter much for the Cougars? I don't think it matters that much in terms of their ability to have a decent seed in the NCAA tournament, getting into the tournament and all that. So so does it affect the metrics a little bit, but not so dramatically that they would be out? But on the other side of this, I think it has a huge impact on how they go into the WCC tournament, into the NCAA tournament. You know, From you, a momentum perspective? Yeah, I feel like momentum is a big deal in college sports, especially in college basketball. And I think if you finish limping into the WCC tournament, those are the teams that get upset by teams they shouldn't lose to. And, and then you go into the NCAA tournament uh, limping into that. I, I feel like you've got to go out. You've got to play well. You've got to roll into your conference tournament. Because unlike the NBA, you know, the other night we were watching a game and, and the clips are on, and I said to Gavin, why is Kawhi not playing? And he goes, uh, just resting. And and in the NBA Those management, yeah, in the NBA, teams down the stretch will go, hey, we're going to rest some guys. Doesn't really matter. Seating's not affected. But they're playing series in the playoffs. They're not playing one and you're done type games like you do. You go and you lose in the first, you know, your first game of the WCC tournament. You're you're out right of the WCC tournament, and then you limp into the NCAA. So I feel like these games matter. 
I feel like this is a chance to build. They've been playing really well lately. Yeah. We mentioned eight of their last ten. I think they've found their identity. Some of the guys we've been waiting all season to pick it up are now playing well and understand their roles. Uh, Loner and Harms, I think, are playing tremendous basketball right now. Momentum is important in college basketball. So does it matter metrically? Is that a word? Sure. Metrically, I don't know that it matters that much. But I think it matters a whole lot on, on how they enter the postseason. It's just big. Yes, momentum matters. Uh, in terms of BYU's WCC seeding, hard to know. We will have Ken Pomeroy come up, uh, coming up, and we'll ask him, you know, with the adjusted win percentage, what kind of wiggle room BYU has. When you talk about the NCAA tournament, BYU's firmly in. BYU's being talked about as seven. BYU probably has two losses they could afford between now and Selection Sunday and still be in. And, and yes, you don't want to lose. You just don't. But if you do, it's not going to break the bank, uh, which is exciting. BYU's not been in this position, Blaine, for a long time where we sit here from January something to now and go, oh, BYU's in. And we yeah. haven't had this question of whether they're in or not for a minute. So with the NCAA tournament, yes, you, I don't think you can lose to San Francisco at home and feel super comfortable with, you know, you're still in. And I've joked, like, I don't like an 8-9. I'd rather be, well, this part's serious. I'd rather be a 10-11-12, frankly, because I think the matchup is not that big of a difference. Yeah. Obviously, an 8 nine's like a pick em, But so is a 12-5. Like, yeah. if, in terms of when the 12 actually wins, it's a 50-50 proposition. So I wouldn't be opposed to if BYU happened to stumble and lost one, uh, let's say BYU just stumbled and lost to St. Mary's Saturday. It's going to be okay. Like, BYU's going to be the two-seed in Vegas. They're going to be still probably a single-digit seed. I'd love for BYU to be a seven, but I don't think that will actually happen because in order for that to happen, BYU likely needs to be a seed line higher and then will get dropped to accommodate Sunday play. Right. So I don't really see a situation where BYU can get out of the way of an 8-9 unless they lose a game or two, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to me. Right. So, well, and, and to me, you don't lose all momentum if you split this week, right? So you say that, hey, they lose a close game to St. Mary's. St. Mary's shoots lights out. Which they haven't been doing this year, by the way. This right. is, this is not. This is, this is not your mom not and dad's. It's not your mom and dad's St. Mary's, yeah, right? Exactly. So, um, but but I do think they can't go out and lay an egg this week, right? And, and lose two. And games. I don't think they will. Because I think, if, I, yeah, they've been playing great and they're playing uh, as a team so well, sharing the ball. And team defense has been stellar. Their their two point uh, efficiency is just off the charts. How nice is it to have a guy with a seven foot five something wingspan in the key that you can push up on the guards outside, funnel them into the shot blocker? Teams don't make twos against BYU in there because every shot gets changed. And that's uh, without Gavin Baxter here, yeah. by the way. Well, and, How much better yeah, would it have been? If, if they'd had Gavin Baxter, uh, and it would have made a huge, I mean, just another body to yes. throw out there a big would athletic. Would BYU have been 11 guys. deep? Boy. Oh, it's, it, it'd <laughs> like, be harder to find playing time, but. But, uh, no, the guys that needed to step up are playing great. And, and Loner's just a – he was a rebounding machine, right? But he's – exactly. You go like He's on he's this sent, trajectory. He's, he's taking off. Yeah. Um, because his shot, he's comfortable with his shot. And Mark Pope was telling us all along, um, you know, this guy's going to be a really good shooter. He just needs to get comfortable and know where shots are coming. And in the meantime, he's a physical freak. Like, he's going to go out and rebound the ball. Well, we've seen that all season. And yep. now his shot's falling? I mean, he's, he's going to be something special before he's done here. So I feel like they're on a great roll. They've got momentum. They've got to keep that momentum, roll into the tournament, get into that championship game. Who cares what happens against Gonzaga? Gonzaga's not a momentum killer if they beat you. They're a killer of everything, yeah, they kill, let alone they, momentum. I don't know that anybody can match up with them in the NCAA yeah. tournament. And, and then you go into the NCAA tournament, and then I would be disappointed 
if they didn't win a game or two in the NCAA tournament, if oh, they get on a roll. Right. Yeah, this this year they should win. So Okay, let's update the resume. Net BYU down two to twenty-two. Oh, BYU on the bye. Didn't, whatever. Ken Palm, <laughs> nineteen. Yeah, top twenty win. Ken nineteen, Palm. okay. Uh BPI twenty-seven, KPI fifteen down two, and then strength of record twenty and Sagarin twenty-eight. So BYU in a great spot. Bracketology, USA Today with a fresh bracket. You can smell it, it smells great. Seven seed. <laughs> Team rankings, highest seed, BYU seven, and then bracket matrix seven point three four. So a little more seven being discussed for BYU, yeah. which is exciting. So we, you and I were talking earlier, one of the brackets has them as a three seed. Like the highest bracket and on the bracket. And another one has them as a 12. I'm like, okay, I want to talk to the guy that has them as a three seed. In gymnastics, they that. do it right. They throw out the high and the low. Yeah, that's, that's what, your score. Yeah, right? that's yeah. that's a little too high and 12 is a little too low right now. Yeah. But, but anyhow, uh, they've got a great chance. If they don't, if they go in on a roll, um, mark my words, they win at least one game in the NCAA tournament. That'd be great. Yeah, be fun. It's been a minute. Fun. Yeah, it has been. So, okay, ready to move on. Let's move on. I am ready. How, there's been a lot of talk this week about jerseys and combinations of jerseys in, in football. How much do jerseys matter? It, it seems like a lot is made of these uniform combinations today. Which team has the coolest unis? Do people really care about this? Now, uh, know your audience, I think, is important in this. Okay. <laughs> Who's the audience for the jerseys? Is it the knitter on the West Stands? It is not. Okay. It is okay. not. It is the... 16 to 8 year 18 year old kid being recruited by BYU. Because what you need with jerseys isn't the legacy kid who already wants to come here per se, although you still have to win that kid. See the Reeds and the Coveys and the so on. You still need to win that kid. Fano and Damuni, BYU did. It is uh, the jerseys for the kids. Oregon revolutionized the game. We talked right. about this this morning. You, you brought up a great point. Like, th- there is swag with a jersey. And you don't have to be crazy complicated to make it awesome. All you have to do is have an alternate here or there. Now, we know BYU is not going with the black jersey this year and for the foreseeable future, according to Chad Lewis. It looked really nice. But you can go all white. Oh, you can go a little little royal combo, a little, little gif face mask, they're calling it. Yeah. They're going chrome this year. This matters. This really matters. Does it help you win more games? Yes is the answer because you're going to get better players if you have a little bit of swag. And now BYU equipment is rebranded to player experience. Now it's different, and, and I think this is great. This is the right direction. You know what also matters in this conversation? Social media. BYU social media is done really well. That matters to recruits as well because you're getting the jerseys out there. You're getting the hey, Even the equipment there. truck has a bunch of followers now for BYU. How, how about that? That became this big story. It's right? a huge story. It matters. And it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think it does matter most importantly in recruiting as you've stated. And it's funny to me how that's just changed so dramatically. The, the two things that, that kids look at when they're being recruited, these, these high school teenagers that are big-time stars, is what's their swag look like and what kind of facilities do they have? What's the locker room that's look like? That's all part of it, right? Like, am I going to play in this great stadium? So you've got to you know, put your best foot forward. That's why you see millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars being invested across the country in big-time athletic programs to upgrade facilities, to make the stadium and locker room look better, the player lounge look better, and to do all of these different combinations of cool uniforms. That's, that's what catches 
the, the young recruits' eyes, and that's part of it. It's, it's interesting to me. In BYU's locker room, they've got a display of the major award winners in the locker room. Yes. So you've got a Heisman Trophy set up with Ty Detmer's stuff in it, and you've got Mo Elamanibi and Jason Buck with their Outland trophies, and you've got Luke Staley, his uniform, and his like stuff. Like a million with, Davey O'Brien. Yeah, so you got, yeah, and you've got all the Davey O'Brien. And they're actually going to move that out into the Hall of Fame area mm. because in the locker room, they're going to do a full display of all the cool uniform combinations they have. Love it. Because when a, when a student athlete comes on campus, they're going to take them around the Hall of Fame, and they're going to point out, hey, we've got a Heisman Trophy winner here. And by, by the way, the team up north doesn't have any of these major awards, right? We've got this and this and this nice. and this and this, right? And a national championship. Here's the trophy for that, right? Yeah. But that's all out in the Hall of Fame. And then they walk in and they, they show them, hey, this is the cool locker room. And oh, by the way. Look at these uni combos that you're going to wear when you come here. Imagine yourself in that. It's such a huge part of recruiting. Yes. I'm old school. D- didn't matter to me, right? Yeah. But but it matters the, to recruit. The mesh royal and jersey so I, was what you had. Yeah, exactly. I had jersey. <laughs> like, right now, you have to have somebody help you get your jersey on because it's so yes. skin tight to you. Yes. So you, they can't grab your shirt. When I was playing, they could grab you by the shirt and throw you down because we're just flopping all over the Two place. You like, can fit in there. Big sleeves, yeah. big yeah. My my days are gone, but <laughs> I'm I'm proud of BYU because even though a lot of people that make these decisions are old school like me, they recognize what their recruits value yeah. and they go in that direction. I th- I think it's great. The next step is mixing up the helmet more occasionally. Oh yeah, you always only done it a handful of times over the years. I metallic, would love to see metallic blue something. Yeah, metallic there, royal. There's options. I know they're I know they're looking at. We'll see if it's this year or not. Our question of the day: How much do jerseys matter? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. BYUSN superfan Laser Sheep weighs in. What's up? Look good, feel good, play good. Nobody really wants to go to Laramie to put on the brown and yellow. <laughs> There's at least 85 scholarship guys that do, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Also, no, nobody wants the bibs to be a thing ever again. That's true. Players want to look their best, win or lose, very important. Uh, 100%. Hey, Josh Allen didn't mind wearing the yellow and brown. He didn't mind. And, and he, was, he did okay. Yeah. He is all right. But now he's wearing red and blue. Yeah, the Gonzaga colors. Yeah. So Okay, continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So, yeah, here we go. Um, oh, and did you uh, – 86 Y, y Coog, is that, is that what it is? WI for Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm a traditionalist, old school, so give me the 80s, royal white and white and royal. And of course, you'd want to read this one. Yeah, I have to read this one. I don't, I don't know if you're going to skip it, but I'm, I agree because I'm – and Kalani, my neighbor – he agrees to. We love Royal, right? So Royal's the deal. Yes. I know today people like variety and change up. So if it helps sway a kid or inspire, that's fine. So I'm glad at least he's open minded, right? A royal or she, he or she. Just person. saying, you don't see it at Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Bama, Tennessee, uh, and a lot of others. It, that's interesting. Do you ever see Penn State change it up? Not as much, right? USC still doesn't even do last names on the back. Yeah. So there are some traditions that are. Are still there, but but it's no, okay I to, like it. It's okay to mix let, let it up. the let, let the no kid, tan. let the kids have fun. So. A tan helmet, nope, absolutely. So, <laughs> hey, coming up, do two thousand fans equal a home court advantage? Yeah, we'll discuss. And uh, college basketball stat guru Ken Pomeroy joins us next. Oh, look at him with the headband. We'll discuss the new adjusted win percentage the league is using to determine seating. How much wiggle room is there for Brigham Young? This is BYU Sports. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU hosts San Francisco tonight. Coverage on BYU Radio begins at 8 Eastern time with Cougar Free Game Live. 
Greg Rebell and Mark Durant have the call of the game at 9 Eastern time. You can listen on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Let's go, baby. It's a ball night. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Jerem Jordan alongside Blaine Fowler. Our next guest is one of the premier college basketball metric men. He's a stats guru. He is a friend of the program. His name is Ken Pomeroy on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. And, Ken, you're going with the headband now. I can respect that. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's kind of necessary. If I didn't do that, I'd have uh, I wouldn't even be able to see the uh, the camera here. So uh, <laughs> so that's that's the reason. So, so there's no message with it, like you know, no Zach Wilson kind of message or uh, or Jim McMahon. If we go back, this is just simply functional, is what you're telling us. Dave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not creative enough to come up with a, a witty message. So yeah, just just simply a matter of uh, keeping the hair out of my face. <laughs> Don't rule it out. Maybe later. Uh, let's talk about uh, you're in the news even more than you already are with your metric. Uh, the West Coast Conference announces, you know, about a week and a half ago, hey, we have a adjusted winning percentage. We've teamed up with Ken Pomeroy to figure this out so that, you know, not everybody's played the same teams in the league. Certainly games have been canceled, different numbers and whatnot. So what went into this? And uh, can, you, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Because the league hasn't really explained <laughs> what's in it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to blame them too much. It, it is hard to explain. You know, I think people, you know, with it, if you're a college basketball fan, you were raised on the RPI. It was kind of a simple formula. You could, you know, explain it in terms of this times this plus this times this is your number. Uh, it doesn't quite work that way in my algorithm, but I guess we'll just take a step back here and start with the fact that it's really designed to account for differences in schedule and adjust the team's winning percentage based on, on who they played. Uh, obviously this season that is, desperately needed the WCC itself is kind of a weird conference where there's a lot you know it's a great team there's a you know poor team at the other end there's a good mix of uh, of different teams and so schedules can be massively unbalanced um as far as like how it works like it, it, you know you know you you win you get a you get, a, you get a bonus you lose you get a penalty it depends on who you played if you lose to Gonzaga your penalty is very small um you know if you you know lose to Portland your penalty is very large uh so it's based on that home and road goes into it, but it just looks at wins and losses and conference play only. So it only knows about conference games and, uh, and it ends up producing a pretty, you know, a really fair and sensible uh, rating. Uh, and question on that. Was there any conversation relative to releasing it earlier? Cause I know there was some frustration from at least Mark Pope going, wait, what is this? Uh, which it makes sense, Ken, to figure out something that would neutralize the way the year has gone. I, that makes sense to me. Timing was interesting. And then are the coaches told, um, you know, okay, if you win both these games, yeah, you, BYU, hey, you'll be the two seed. Because it's not, it's not clear cut like uh, the traditional standings. Yeah, no question. I think, so, yeah, obviously this was something nobody really had the foresight to do this at the beginning of the season. Uh, I, I wish they would have. I mean, it was, it was certainly surprising to me that it was uh, not necessarily it was the middle of the season, but that it was adopted so quickly in the middle of the season. Uh, and nobody really uh, had some serious pushback. I'm sure there were coaches other than Mark Pope grumbling about it, but for the most part, people just have gone along with it and, uh, and trusted that I, um, I'm doing the right thing here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think had we started at the beginning of the year, certainly we would have built something that you could say, hey, plug in this result and you'll see how you've done and, uh, or how, you, you know, how that'll affect your rating. Um, early in the season, things get affected in weird ways. You know, uh, a loss to some you know, a game that, that does not involve you can affect your rating, you know, pretty profoundly as the system figures out schedule strength and things like that. Again, it's only looking at conference games. So if it only has four or five games from a team to look at. Things can change pretty dramatically about that team. But 
as we get later into the season, it should, you know, it should make more sense this week. You know, I mean, obviously BYU wins out, they're going to be the two seed. Like I can, I can tell you that. And uh, they probably have a fair amount of wiggle, wiggle room. They might even be able to lose both games and still be the two seed. Mm. Um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully by the last, you know, uh, this last Saturday, hopefully we can crank out some scenarios. So everybody knows exactly, you know, what they need to do to, to finish at a certain seed. Can when and how did this all come together? So, so, who approached you? How did you get together with the WCC? And, and obviously we realize you know, some teams playing half as, as many games as others. There, there was a need for this. But who reached out to who? When did this get put together? And how quickly did you have to throw it all together? So I think it was about two weeks ago that the, the conference – actually it was really uh, – I guess it started with conversations among the coaches uh, in terms of, you know, hey – you know, this is, we can't make up all our games. You know, this is going to be kind of an unfair situation. And uh, there's some grumbling. There has been cases in other conferences where people have been really suspicious of teams not wanting to make up certain games and wanting to make up other games and to improve their seating. And the WCC didn't want that to happen. They also didn't want to jam in a bunch of makeup games at the end of the season if they didn't have to. So, um, so that's where it started. The coaches kind of got started. I think that bubbled up to the ADs. The ADs pushed it up to conference leadership and then conference leadership contacted me and uh really it was a matter honestly of a day or so like i you know i kind of have stuff in my my toolbox in terms of computing ratings for for different things so it wasn't like i just made something up on the fly like i had an idea of of something that would that would work for this situation but it really was a a day in terms of like kind of cranking out the code and and giving them some results and uh you know (laughs) they and then maybe another two or three days before they decided yeah let's go forward and use this Ken Pomeroy joins us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the Cougars now, Ken. Uh, at the beginning of the season, they were 88, kind of unknown, right, after a spectacular season last year. BYU now at 19, and three weeks ago, BYU was at 49. So a 30-spot jump in your ratings based on adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency ratio. What has changed for BYU in terms of efficiency to have that kind of jump the last three weeks? Yeah, they've just improved kind of all across the board. I mean, now they're up to 26 on offense and 23 on defense. And um, I think the last time we talked about how their uh, their statistical profile is not super exciting, and it's still not necessarily super exciting. It's a, it's a little more interesting. Like the the offense has really come around. Their two point shooting is is ranked 23rd in the country. Uh, their two point defense is ranked 29th in the country. Uh, so very similar to what their offense and defenses are. Uh, their offense and defense is ranked and. Uh, those are kind of the two stats I like to look at first, just to make sure that like what's happening isn't a fluke and it doesn't appear that it is a fluke. I mean, obviously it's, you know, buoyed a little bit by, um, you know, the blowout against Portland, but uh, or actually two blowouts against Portland, but for the most part, you know, the WCC, the middle of the WCC is a little tougher than it has been. BYU's played a, a little bit tougher than average uh, a schedule relative to the WCC. So um, yeah, it does seem like it's been a kind of a legitimate improvement here in recent weeks. So they find themselves in that, in that top 20 now, Ken, how does the top 20 in your metrics translate to NCAA tournament performance? Well, it's, uh, it's pretty encouraging. I mean, when they, you know, they'll probably be favored in their, in their first game in the tournament and their second game, you know, in the tournament will be kind of a, a toss up probably. And then, you know, when they get, when they get, <laughs> if they get to the sweet 16, uh, you know, that'll be a, uh, uh, you know, a game where they're probably not favored, but they're not a huge underdog. So, you know, they'll need to play a little bit. They'll need to overachieve or they'll need the opponent to have a bad game or uh, they'll need some bracket luck. You know, maybe they end up not drawing the, the top seed from, from their pod. So 
so, you know, it's encouraging. I mean, you can you know, the ceiling is, is really, really high. Like no team ranked as low as 19th has ever won the tournament. But, you know, obviously a lot of teams have gotten to the title game uh, from a ranking like that. So, uh, so, so the ceiling is high and, uh, and uh, you know, I think the expectations will be pretty high, you know, not, not to get to the final four or anything, but certainly, uh, you know, I think at this point, if BYU gets to the tournament, they're going to get to the tournament, but if they get there and lose, uh, it'll be a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, certainly the way BYU is playing defense right now and, and the 10 deep thing is pretty interesting as well. Um, let's talk about this. You mentioned earlier, and I want to go back to it a little bit, where you said hey, BYU might be able to lose both these games and still be the two seed. Earlier we were talking about, hey, d- how much do these two games matter for BYU? Because Cougars are pretty comfortable in terms of bracketology, single-digit seed, 19th in Ken Palm. Like, they're, they're probably in a situation where if worse came to worse and BYU lost tonight against San Francisco and St. Mary's on Saturday that – could still be the two seed, maybe, probably still in the tournament, would probably have to get to that title game. But how much does this week matter in terms of making sure BYU gets into the tournament, in your opinion? Uh, it matters a little bit. Like, I mean, it is good in, in the sense that they're playing San Francisco and St. Mary's. And so uh, those won't be, you know, viewed as bad losses. Uh, they're obviously in a good position right now. You know, when you look at kind of the, the bracketologists around the country, basically having them in that six, seven, eight slot. So, you know, that's a long way to fall to uh, to get knocked out of the tournament. And I don't think two losses, I don't think losses to San Francisco and St. Mary's and even another quality loss in the WCC tournament would uh, would knock them out of that. So to me, um, they're in pretty solid shape. I guess the only wild card there is what happens in conference tournaments. You know, we might have more, uh, you know, unusual cases of, of uh, teams not in the tournament right now getting automatic bids and kind of shrinking the field of at-larges a little bit. But I just don't think that effect is going to be big enough to – you know, to matter for a team like BYU at this point. So this this is the best Gonzaga team. When we look at it in terms of metrics, the in the Mark Few era, best in offensive efficiency, second best defensively. In your opinion, is this the best team overall that Mark Few's ever had up at Gonzaga? Yeah, I think so. Like it's uh, it's just been impressive. You know what they've done. What I guess one like stat to throw out. You know, the last twenty five years in terms of conference margin of victory. Uh, Gonzaga, their 2019 team is number one all time. Their 2017 team is number two all time. This team is number three all time right now. And, uh, you know, the games, games against Santa Clara and Loyola Ma- Marymount, you know, left. So they could improve on that. They could actually still wow. challenge that number one spot. But uh, the point is that this team is third. So you might think, well, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're not the best team the Mark View has had. But, uh, you know, part of it is the schedule. They really, uh, you know, the, the WCC, as I mentioned, has gotten better. Gonzaga has really kind of filtered out the bad games this year. Um, you know, obviously playing BYU twice, playing St. Mary's twice. Um, they're playing some of the tougher teams uh, a little more often. And so, uh, so I do think clearly, like, this is this is the best team that he's ever had. I mean, the starting lineup is uh, is pretty amazing. And, uh, and you know, he's obviously got some depth as well. But uh, but it's a pretty, pretty legitimate honor, I think, right now for Mark Few. And the expectation is obviously uh, – it's gonna gonna be a heavy on them because uh, you know they're really gonna be the favorites when the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and they didn't lose to BYU, so we think it's probably the best Gonzaga team ever for that fact as well. <laughs> By our metric, they're the best. Yeah, yes, right, so yes, Ken, great stuff. We appreciate peeking behind the curtain there with the wizard uh, of, of the winning adjusted uh, percentage in the WCC. And uh, thanks for the time, man.
All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. It's Ken Pomeroy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. So great to get some info on that uh, on that metric and yeah. and that he thinks BYU probably could still get the two seed even with two losses. Yeah. Now, you don't want that, but if it happened— Well, and interesting that he says okay. that, that if they lose these two this week, they still get the two seed, but then they're at risk— to fall out of, you know, if they lose a game they shouldn't lose in the tournament, in the WCC right. tournament. If it's not, say, right. peppered on. Right, so all, exactly. so all yeah. of a sudden, now you're at risk for everything. And so, I, you know, they shouldn't lose these two games this week. He's not going to lose tonight. Yeah. So, and, and interesting. Like Saturday might be more interesting. How, how, how interesting, like, how long ago? Well, a couple of weeks ago they called me, and it took me a day to put this thing together. Like, <laughs> in my toolbox of stuff that I have, I just which I think is awesome. He, yeah. was, just, he was just ready to go and when yes. they had a need. But they had to do something. You've, you've got some teams playing, yes. you know, just very few games, and some teams playing a bunch of games. And- I agree with that. Although they could have just said, "We're going with straight net." Yeah, that would have been an easy could- solution. And I know that was discussed, which is the number one, con- you know, factor that is considered by the NCAA tournament selection the sorting so, tool. So, yeah. so why not? So uh, they needed to do something. Glad to see that they did something to adjust it's, a little bit. The issue is the timing, yeah. and the issue is. Uh, so if we win, are we good? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, the problem. Hard. Yeah, that's the problem. It's hard to know, but net, you have at least a sense of them. Yep. So, all right. Well, the coach of possibly the most dominant team on campus coming up with us. Oh, who who is that? Wait and find out. And will college football expand? And would BYU be involved? Yeah, we're going there. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Catch the latest BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. It's BYU Sports with a social media twist. Catch the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Fresh one came out last night. A little, yep. little Siri integration into the show. Check I saw out. she was asking Siri. She's still... Siri's, on, I guess, on the show. Sometimes just in honor of Kiki, I say right, right now. now. Yeah. But nobody puts up words. Like, it's supposed to... When she does that, right now comes like, up. Yeah. And when I come on, nobody does that for me. Yeah, well, we puts anything, so we'll fix it in post. Okay, yeah, okay. we'll fix it in post. <laughs> he is Blaine. I am Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Blaine, all right, let's start with this. Does having just under two thousand people tonight in the Marriott Center translate to a home court advantage for BYU? Heck yeah, it's gonna feel like uh, ten thousand. It really will because you go from nothing to something. I don't know. Have you ever fasted and then ate like a spring cheese? And now you're, you're like, talking. Is this uh, cordon bleu or what? You know, it, it, it matters. It's about nine point two percent, which will be in there today. In terms of difference on the court, I'm guessing it's two or three points. I really do. Yeah, no, I think it makes a big difference. And even when they put a few little fans in, in the stadium, the players said, oh, my gosh, what a difference. We had fans cheering at the yeah. right times. I, I think it's a big deal. They made a big deal of the Utah State game where there were 3,000 fans. Yeah, it's going to so. be – it'll be fun. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic ranked his top five group of five teams when it comes to expansion candidates. He has BYU fourth there. Uh, Stuart, uh, BYU's not in the group of five. Even though BYU isn't a G5, will expansion actually happen at some point, Blaine? I, I think it will happen. I don't think this is massive realignment because I think some conferences are just fine as they are, like the SEC and and and, and the Pac-12 is fine how they are. I do think that the so-called Big 12 needs to expand. 
And so I think a new television contract. Like ten teams in the Big Twelve. Yeah, there's ten in the Big Twelve. Doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and, there's fourteen in the Big Twelve. And, and it's 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 going to cost them. It has cost them. It's going to cost them when it comes to playoff consideration, that kind of stuff. So I feel like on this next television contract, they've got to expand. BYU was close there before. That's the most likely landing spot for BYU if the Big 12 expands. I think that's the most synergy. It does make sense. The off-the-field issues certainly uh, came up and were an issue in, in that conversation. But I just I don't know that it will at all. Like, wh- if the Big 12 expands, they'll have to pluck from Group of Five, Cincy, BYU, Houston, certainly the top three there. Boy State's athletic department and location, not necessarily ideal for that. Although BYU could be football only, whatever. Texas isn't moving anyway. They get 15 mil from the uh, from ESPN for the Longhorn Network every year. Notre Dame to the ACC is the only other team that really moves the needle. BYU-Houston, since he won't add, they'll just kind of take and split. and It's complicated. I don't know that it will happen at all. I don't re- yeah, necessarily it, believe it. It may not, but I, like I said, I don't think it's a giant thing, but I do think that maybe the Big 12 goes, we've got to get at least two more teams. And then but, do they take Cincinnati and BYU? They need a new reason to do it because yeah. nothing's changed. For yeah, them. yeah, you're right. So, all right. And men, it is men's cross country the most dominant program on campus. Yes. Uh, the amount of uh, conference championships in a row. The fact they won the Natty, the fact that they're ranked number one right now. Uh, men's volleyball is the only one that approximates um, cross country right now in, in that regard. Women's volleyball pretty good, right? Went to Final yeah, Four oh, yeah. a couple years ago. Um, there are some really good teams on campus. Softball's dominated in the league, but not really gone to the Super Regional just the one time. So I, I think it is men's cross country right now. Yeah, and they've got Bonafide Superstar and Connor Mance. Mm-hmm. Like he's like the best in the world right now. And so I you know, I think... Of I those think, who have run uh, 5,000. Right. Indoors, right? <laughs> yes. So 13-28, fastest time in the world right now. But he, but he's yeah. also an NCAA champion caliber guy in, in cross country. So Let's And go. in 5,000. So, yeah, no, I think they're the most dominant program. Back to back to back to back to back. So Last one was Whitney Bowers. 46 assists, 26 dig, 8 kill, 4 block, 3 ace performance at Pepperdine last night. The best individual performance by a BYU athlete this season. That is to September to now. We, t- we talked about this a little. Absolutely it is. Just the depth or, or breadth of, of what she did is ridiculous. I mentioned it before. It's like getting a, a triple-double with 20, 20, and 15. It was a dominating performance. Congratulations to Whitney, Whitney Bowers. It was amazing. I so. mean, you can throw some Zach Wilson performances in there. Let's just look at the bowl game. 26 of uh, you know 34, 425 yards, five total touchdowns. Like, it's pretty amazing, pretty but, but, but what she did was pretty good up there. So, okay. Well, coming up, I'm supposed to help Spencer win, or I don't know. I may help tank. you win with my prop picks. I don't, know. I don't know who I'm helping. And the man who just wins titles, whether it be his own national championships or his team's national championship or conference championships, Ed Eyestone joins us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 11th ranked BYU Gymnastics hosts 22nd ranked Utah State. Watch the meet beginning at 9 Eastern Friday on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. The ladies are crushing it right now. Check them out if you haven't already. They are fantastic. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. Our next guest is a, uh, you know, he had the Triple Crown when he was a runner himself here in college. He might have a guy that does that. Who knows? But his team won another West Coast Conference Championship in men and women's. Ed Eystone joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Ed, how was Vegas, and congratulations on the wins. Thank you very much. Vegas was warm, 70-plus degrees, mm. which is kind of weird. When it, What was it, 15 degrees this morning? Uh, but our athletes on both the men's and women's team responded very well and were able to uh, 
defend our titles, which was, is always an important thing for us. Before we jump into the awesomeness that was that, let, let's highlight the fact that you and Blaine have been connected to the hip since like the 80s, right? Oh, yes, we have. In college, <laughs> yeah. you well, lived by each other well, in Davis yeah, County. Yeah, we, we, I follow Ed wherever he goes. When, when he moved to Davis County. Not when he I, runs, I, though. You can't keep up. No, I, <laughs> sometimes Ed would run up behind me when we lived together in the old neighborhood, and he would, he would give me a hard time because he would say, Blaine, have you been out like five or six miles? And I would say, Ed, you know, I just left the house. It's like, it's, <laughs> that's, cold, that's cold-blooded, man. And he, he's like, <laughs> well, oh, gosh. And the, and the problem we had, we lived about a block apart, but it was at the top of Mutton Hollow there oh, in East yeah. Lake. And yeah. so any of our runs, you it started out great, right, Blaine? Because we went down yes. Mutton Hollow. Any run we went on, <laughs> in, in Blaine's case, it was a two-mile run. In my case, it was a 15-miler. But all, <laughs> all of those runs... Ended going up Mutton Hollow, so uh, oh. but it was good. Those were the days, yeah, good old days. No, and and, and I were here at BYU at the same time, and and uh, both winning national oh, titles. Always so much respect uh, for Ed as a, as a person too, but great athlete, one of my favorite coaches in the world, and one of my favorite people in the world. So Ed and I have a long, long history together. I'm so proud and so excited for you guys with these two championships. How, how was this championship? How was this unique? I mean, this is becoming a a routine for you guys, but was this one unique in any way um how was it unique I, I it's unique and it's the most recent one and i guess it's uh unique in that we are uh not only the defending conference champs but we're the defending national champs and and you know so one of our our themes for the year is to uh defend our title you know dot uh, for the acronym my mom was great with the acronyms and so we went with the obvious one dot defend our title and uh and going into the conference meet you, you know you know you might think that it's just kind of a an easy meet but the fact of the matter is uh portland is a top 10 ranked team uh gonzaga which was a little bit unheralded but it had a couple of top-notch studs running for them uh, was also in the mix and so you can't really take it for granted and so I I wanted my guys to get a really good experience because we haven't had a lot of cross-country races we wanted to get out and have a hard effort because two and a half weeks from now we have the national championship and I I think we were able to perform uh, pretty well to get that title. How are you balancing the fact that indoor track has been going at the same time when you don't have to compete? Those don't have to compete against each other, but to some degree they do in this, yet you were still able to win the fifth men's uh, league title in a row and the third women's in a row. Who's, who's calling? It's the, it's the who's, president. Who's calling you, by it's the way? It's the president calling Ed. Um, well, I, you know, it, what we've done is we've just tried to treat our indoor meets kind of as uh, – uh, cross-country races and and so i i took essentially my entire cross-country team up to seattle a couple of weeks ago and oh, was we very saw the snow <laughs> what's that yes in fact we got we did get snowed in fortunately it was an indoor race yeah. and at the indoor race i had uh six guys run under 14 minutes for the 5k three uh in mance Klinger, and garnica broke 1330 which was the first time that's ever been done uh by one school in one race and so we were pretty excited Ooh. about that. Um, and, but the tricky thing is the NCAA and in their infinite wisdom decided to schedule the indoor championships two days away from the cross country championships. And so even though I have runners I- indoors that are ranked first, second, and third in the 5,000, 
And another, and Mance also is ranked, uh, I think, third or uh, maybe second or third in the 3,000. We, we're going to have to make the choice. Do we, do we focus on indoor? Do we focus on, um, on cross country? And since we have a chance to defend our title and uh, we are the reigning champs, we're going to go all in for, for mm. cross country. Yeah. It should be fun. And that says, that says something about the, uh, you know, these runners that they put team first because certainly Connor and, and these guys could go and compete for a national title and indoor track in that 5,000 Connor's run the fastest indoor time this year in the world. Um, and so, what does that say about these guys that they're saying, "Hey, let's go do this. Let's coach. Let's go do this team thing, and let's yeah. go win the team national championship." Yeah, you're exactly you're exactly right, Blaine. And and uh, uh, you know we often think of uh, running as being an individual sport, but one of the great things about um, well uh, track, but also specifically uh, cross country, is it is a team sport. And uh, I, I, Mance and I had the had the conversation of okay. He certainly is somebody who's strong enough that he probably could bounce back two days later and run a very good cross country race. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, having a chance to win a, a team title and also an individual title in cross country, let's not forget that that's, that's a pretty big time thing too. If he could do that, I think he would be favored by not having to run a hard 5,000 meters indoors two days prior to the national championships in cross country. It's so interesting. It, it, was, it was an easy decision for him because he is a team player. Interesting to hear you talk about Connor. It sounds like he's got some great toughness. I've heard you talk about the, the Mance pain chamber. It, it actually, it reminds me of what everybody used to say about you, that you're a tough runner. I used to talk to Doug Padilla and those guys, they'd say, Ed's just the toughest guy in the world. He, he has this will and he, he will go further into pain than anybody we know. So he just runs people into the ground. Does Connor get that from you? Because I get the sense that he's that same kind of runner. No, I think I think he, um, you know, maybe maybe it's in his DNA or maybe it's just in his work ethic up there from Smithfield, uh, Utah. Um, but he's his own guy, and but he certainly is capable. I, I call him a grinder as well. He just likes to grind and and his say, hey, we're going to do a race here, and it's ten thousand meters. It's not a 8,000 meter tempo run and a 2,000 meter race. It's a 10,000 meter race, and so he's going to keep it honest. Um, and um, you know, it's fun just to watch him perform. Tell us about the women as well, who won for the third uh, time in a row, and then they're expected to uh, do pretty well at nationals uh, as well. What do you expect? Yeah, I think uh, do pretty well is an understatement. You know, it, <laughs> we came uh, just we came just maybe two or three seconds away from uh, the men and women women uh winning last year uh so they ended up second place in a very strong second place last year and diljeet uh taylor coach taylor has her women uh running very very well uh they were able to uh, to win by i think about 25 points yesterday as well she's got uh aubrey front was second anna camp was third uh for a, a nice um combo up front and she's got um you know she's got another kind of ace up her sleeve in whitney orton who was uh, one of the top return? I think the maybe top returning uh, individual from the cross country championship last year has been back, and she's uh, she's been rehabbing uh, an injury, but is her fitness is coming around, and I think uh, as she brings in Whitney into the fold, I mean already I think with the athletes they have in place, they uh, are are very set to go in and, and be a podium team, and I think if Wit can come in. Uh, you know, I think, I think they may be holding the gold trophy. 
uh, the year. And, and Diljeet likes to um, over deliver and under promise. And so she's keeping it pretty low key, but uh, she has a way of getting her women uh, wound up and ready to roll on race day. So I expect really, really good things from for women at the national championships and for them to, uh, you know, they came back, they, they looked very, very good uh, yesterday in Vegas as well and winning their championship. Hashtag run for her. We look forward to awesome. uh, the uh, hopefully a couple of natties. That could be fun. Ed, always, we always appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thank Ed. Great to see you guys. Yep. Ed Eyestone on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. They have built a dynasty Let's in cross-country go, and track. So awesome. So, well, coming up, two truly great performances in BYU Sports yesterday. And who will score the 15th point for BYU tonight? That's one of the prop picks. Your guess is as good as ours. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Indeed it is. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. You just Google BYU Sports Nation. You can do it faster than that podcast. BYU Sports Nation podcast. Yeah, I didn't see a B Don't, in there with yeah, your left. No, I did it. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Time for prop picks for tonight's matchup between BYU and San Francisco. Tonight in Provo, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Number one, who will score BYU's 15th point of the game? This is very proppy. And this is for Spencer. Alex Barcelo. Oh, and, and, and I just I have this feeling Alex is going to go off tonight. I felt okay. like he's just going to go off tonight. So he may score 10 of the first 15, but he's going to score the 15th. I say uh, Gideon George. Gideon George right. score the 15th. I like that. Number two, who will lead BYU in scoring tonight? I think I already told you. I think Alex Barcelo is going to go original off stuff tonight. Here. Alex Barcelo is going to go off tonight. He's just going to have a game. He's, he's just feeling it today. I just feel it. AB led BYU in scoring at San Francisco because he made eight or ten free throws in the final two minutes. Richard Harward is my pick. I'm going aggressive. He had 13 points in 19 minutes on the hill top. I'm, I'm going to give you, they cannot defend inside against BYU. They so can't. That's, that's not a bad pick, but I still think it's my boy Alex. I think so. it's good. Not bad. Number three, how many points will BYU hold Khalil Shabazz to? It feels like he averages 30 against BYU. Well, he had 30 last time. I'm saying half of what he normally gets. 15 tonight. He's a marked man. He cannot get 30 again. 17. He made four threes in the last two minutes okay. to get himself to 30. Okay. He only had 18 at that point. Those are our prop picks. Our question of the day. How much do jerseys matter? In response to that, our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Randy Conover 5. Whether swag is lit or uh, legit, we love it quite a bit. So, Wow, I like that. He's a poet and a he rhyme. didn't even know it's it. It's a rhyme. Nice job, Randy. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Who gets it? I, I, my shoutouts to the BYU cross-country teams, the men and women. Phenomenal. Bringing home the championships. And you talk about Whitney Bauer, and we highlighted it earlier. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like Amazing. A million assists, 26 digs, eight kills, three aces, four blocks. Just just insane as BYU got a win against a team that had not lost and beat BYU the day before Pepperdine. So Phenomenal performance. So. Our thanks to today's guests, Ken Pomeroy and Ed Eystone. And we're sorry to Dennis Pitta, my boy. We ran out of time again. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook. Use the hashtag, hashtag BYUSN. For Blaine, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Rashawn Brodus. Listen tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio for Cougar Pregame Live ahead of the San Francisco versus BYU game. Ben Bagley guides you through that. Go Cougs!